Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Tuesday, June the 8th, and there's been a significant update today in the investigation into the death of Sarah Everard. A Met police officer from Kent has pleaded guilty to kidnap and rape. Let's remind you of this case then. 33-year-old Sarah disappeared while walking home in London in March. Her body was found more than 50 miles away in Woodland near Ashford. Wayne Cousins, who's 48 and from Deal, was charged with her kidnap and murder. Today, he appeared at the Old Bailey via video link and the court also heard he accepted responsibility for the killing. However, he was not asked to enter a plea to the charge of murder. Medical reports are going to be done and he's due to appear again next month. A trial date has been set for October. Kent Online News. Next today on the podcast, we have an incredible story of recovery. A Canterbury student who was given just a 2% chance of surviving a crash on the M2 a year ago is set to leave hospital. Macy Window has been treated at London's King's College since her car aquaplaned and hit a tree between Faversham and Sittingbourne. Her sister Hattie says it's been a terrible time for the whole family. No family would ever, ever imagine that anything like this would happen to them. You hear about it on the news, you hear about it in the newspaper, or like maybe someone that you know, but I don't think anyone ever thinks it will directly affect them. So for, for us, it was such a shock. But to be honest, you just find the strength within you. I don't know where we found it from. It would have been so easy for us to to let this destroy us and let this really tear, tear us down. But we we found the strength. We found the strength in Macy. Macy always gives us strength day to day. We, you just have to pick yourself up and you just have to keep moving. We, we wasn't there on the scene. It was actually her boyfriend that let us know about the accident. So we wasn't really fully aware. I think on the night we was just, we was just living in naivety we did not know the extent of her injuries. I remember we stopped in the shop on the way to the hospital um, because we was going to be there way before the air, the air ambulance was going to be there. And my brother got out and he got my sister all her favourite chocolates, all her favourite sweets. We really, really believed that this would be a one-week hospital stay. We would see her the next morning, we would be able to talk to her. We never, ever, ever would have imagined that nearly a year down the line we're still in the same hospital like we're still living this this situation like it do you know what I mean but to be honest with the two percent I don't think we we knew how sick she was but we all knew Macy we all knew that for Macy she was never going to give up she shouldn't have made out the car she shouldn't have made it through the air ambulance she shouldn't have made it through her sur- first surgery but she did all of that she never ever once in her life in in her life before her accident throughout the accident she's never ever given any inkling that she'd ever want to give up like she's she's so determined she's so tough that for I think for a family for us we knew Macy we knew that it just was never going to be an option of her giving up so even when we was we was being given all this bad news and all the possibilities that may come with her accident we was always seeing the positives like maybe she would maybe she'd squeeze our hand one day and we'd think oh she's squeezing our hand like she's obviously there she's obviously listening to us like we'd always find something 
the doctors would give us a negative but would always find a positive in it somehow so yeah it was hard it was it was never going to be easy but as a family we we really like came together and we just knew Macy we knew it was never ever going to be an option for her to give up. A fundraising campaign is underway so the 20 year old can move to a specialist rehab centre. We've got a link via the story at kentonline.co.uk. An inquest into the death of a bin man who was crushed by his lorry at a Kent school is going to look at the vehicle's handbrake. 61 year old Andrew Betts was trying to stop it rolling away when he got trapped between the door and a hedge at Benenden School near Cranbrook last November. A police investigation found no defects with the truck. Details of risk assessments carried out by the waste company will be examined during an inquest later this year. A Dartford dad says he's absolutely mortified after being banned from a Sainsbury's for failing to pay for cat food. Simon Mansell told security staff he forgot to scan it because he was trying to look after his autistic daughter, who was getting overwhelmed by the crowds. He's now received a letter saying he's not allowed back into the store. Sainsbury's say they're looking into his experience. A man accused of murdering Kent PCSO Julia James is due to enter a plea in court. The 53-year-old was found with severe head injuries near Woodland, not far from where she lived in Snowdown in April. Callum Wheeler, who's 21 from Sunshine Corner Avenue in nearby Aylsham, is expected at the Old Bailey via video link. You can follow updates on this story at Kent Online. Kent Online reports. One of Canterbury's biggest ever student accommodation developments is expected to be given the go-ahead. The Uni of Kent and St Edmunds School want to build almost a 1,000 student flats, a sports pavilion and squash centre on the uni campus. It's believed it would bring a £101 million boost to the local economy. Work is set to get underway to decommission a Kent power station. Dungeness Beyond Romney Marsh has been offline since September 2018, while a maintenance programme was carried out, but it's still yet to be completed. Energy company EDF have now confirmed they're not going to restart it and will instead begin defuelling. Now, as you may have heard on yesterday's podcast, Kent's biggest theatre reopens today after being closed for more than 400 days because of the pandemic. The Marlowe in Canterbury shut last March and hasn't been able to welcome an audience until tonight. Musical 6 will be the first show taking to the stage in front of socially distanced theatre goers. I've been chatting to the Marlowe's Chief Executive Deborah Shaw. It certainly for me it's been the longest time that I haven't set foot in a theatre. It's been it's been very strange. I've almost been brought up on it and it's kind of there's nothing quite like it. And watching the panto on a laptop as much as it was amazing and funny, it isn't quite the same. Can you tell us anything about panto for this year? Because obviously fingers crossed all restrictions by then would have been well and truly lifted and I'm sure we're hoping that families will be jam-packed back into the theatre again at Christmas. We, we really hope so. Um, one thing we, we learnt, though, was that um, we, did a, we did a really good film of it. You know, and I'm a bit of a purist. I kind of go, you can't possibly capture it on film. You have to have the live experience. But I've kind of got over myself a bit on that um, because it was a fantastic experience. And the audience, again, made it a communal thing. You know, people dressed up in their reindeer onesies and made tickets for themselves and, and did all sorts of you know and joined in online with pictures and kind of and it, and it you know we got the sense of community at distance um, and I think what was really what we loved doing as well was um, beaming it into care homes just at the point in Medway and Kent at the darkest moment for, for those care homes and when we when when we called them and said um 
would you like would you like to have a stream of the pantomime they they cried you know and they just said we haven't had good news for for months and months and months and this means so much to the residents so you know we got it out to i think about 1500 care homes um and uh that that was really was really brilliant and that's something obviously we can't go backwards we we have to do that again so we'll be looking at how we film it again um and uh and put it out um but nothing nothing takes the place of the live experience and that was a very that was a pocket pantomime you know we jack and the beanstalk is going to be the full the full thing um and the cast i know can't can't wait to come back ben roddy's doing a, a brilliant piece um hand of the baskervilles in the westgate gardens this summer um uh but you know he's he just can't wait to get back for his his uh, shot of christmas um it's going to be emotional and actually you know I've been to a couple of shows and it, it is an emotional moment. You have to just take a breath really. And, and because you, you've missed it so much, you've taken it so for granted and it, it's the show, but it's the community that's around it as well. Um, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's an important thing. And you only, you only know that when it's, when it's not there, you know? So I, I think um, we've all watched everything on Netflix. Um, we all appreciate that the talent on Netflix has mainly come through the theatre, you know, and, and I think our audiences and, and perhaps the wider world now as well is appreciating what we've got with our cultural industries. And, and that's a really good thing to come out of this crisis too. Absolutely. I've seen people at sporting events in tears as, you know, as they've gone back in. I mean, the stadiums haven't been full, but I think that first round of applause is going to be something else, isn't it, on Tuesday? It is. And I'm going to do a little curtain speech because it's kind of a, a moment of history and I'm absolutely determined to get a selfie with the first audience back for 448 days you know it's a I mean it's the longest closure I'm trying to work it out really but I think 1660 was the last time that theatres experienced this you know they the theatres were closed in 1642 okay that's a longer period but you know even during the blitz some theatres stayed open so but, but to lose the whole industry for so long um, you know it's it's been there's a lot of people who haven't made it through, particularly freelancers who haven't had the support and they've, you know, been, they've had to, had to leave the industry. I do hope they'll come back and I hope we can support them. And I think that as a nation, we're looking at things like the gig economy and going, actually, people do need support in certain circumstances, whatever the, you know, the legal flexibility of those kind of contracts are. And we're really proud that we've supported our, um, our zero hours contract team um, who are technical and front of house and others right the way through this crisis with the cultural recovery fund you know which has been a brilliant scheme we're finished with that because we're opening and everyone can get back to work you know but it's it's been a heck of a heck of a journey um you know when you think that we all thought it would be over by christmas to start with and then we thought it might just be a few weeks and you know it's just been enormous i'm sure there's a little bit more to go on this whole on this whole thing but um yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think we're. I think we're seeing the end of it. And you know, the fact that all these vaccines have been produced, um, and and you know, it's just incredible. Um, and hopefully, we're all vaxxed up. 
and uh, I'm ready to party. Well, ahead of that show opening, our reporter Oliver Kemp has already been back to a theatre for a socially distanced punk gig, no less. So, Ollie, you were at the Assembly Halls in Tunbridge Wells last night. What was it like? Yeah, I have to say, Nicola, I was a little bit apprehensive when I first arrived, just because I was thinking, what is a socially distanced punk gig going to be like? You know, you'd expect to leave most punk gigs sweaty, exhausted, probably covered in someone else's beer, but that was not to be tonight because this is socially distanced. Um, so I turned up, they took my ticket, they took my temperature, um, I asked if I could go to the bar to get a beer, but um, the bar wasn't open, you had to pre-order your drinks before the show, which I obviously, I hadn't read the small print, and that was a bit, bit of a strange thing, because you expect a bar to be open at, at, at a gig like that. I uh, took my seat, uh, and we were told over the tannoy that you couldn't move, you know, you couldn't remove your mask unless you were taking a sip of, of a drink or, or having a snack, so the entire hour and a half performance you had to wear a face covering which is actually quite tiring and it was quite warm in there so so you know and it's kind of hard to sing along as well if you've got a face mask on it's a bit of a strange experience having said all of that it was just lovely to be back watching live music again and I think the rest of the crowd that was in there felt the same thing you know maybe it's not exactly what we were hoping for um, but it's sort of a reminder of what we lost over the past 15-16 months and also you know what we've got to look forward to when social distancing does finally finish Kent Online reports Tankerton near Whitstable has been named today as one of the best beaches in the country. Holidaycottages.co.uk have made a list after looking at things like parking, toilets, lifeguards, cafes and water quality. Tankerton's come fourth with Saltburn in Yorkshire at the top. And Sigrid has been on our sister radio station KMFM chatting about her new single Mirror. She told Emma Jo on the hit list last night about what it was like writing during lockdown is a song that was written I mean it would have been written anyways I think because it's a theme like the the whole like self-acceptance theme and of course like it can be perceived as a little like embarrassing or like cringe but like it is it's just honest and like when when it's true and you put it in a song and it makes me feel a lot better about myself it's a song that I needed but I think yeah sorry going back like last year probably inspired us to to finish the track in the way it was finished um like starting from the demo to like the finished um the finished song it's uh it's about like accepting the negative sides of you and the positive sides because i'm not like you know it's funny because the chorus is like i love what i see in the mirror but it's like almost it's not ironic but it's like not every day you're able to look into the mirror and be like i love me but some days you are and i think it's just like yeah cherishing those moments if you miss the chat you can hear it in full at kmfm.co.uk kent online sport a second england cricketer is being investigated after claims of historical offensive posts on social media the england and wales cricket board says it's looking into claims by the website wisdom Six bowler Ollie Robinson, who was born in Margate, has already been suspended while tweets he sent as a teenager are investigated, something the culture secretary has called over the top. But former Kent batsman Michael Carberry doesn't think he should be allowed to play again. If we're trying to create a world of diversity inclusion, are we not trying to work towards a world that makes it hard for races to be included? So then when that establishment is trying to now do that, by excluding him from the team, why are other people piping up? 
and Kent's Tammy Beaumont and Fran Wilson have both been awarded central contracts for the England women's team. They're among 17 players to receive a deal ahead of a busy time, which features 15 matches. England start the summer with a test match against India next week. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.